Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Thank you, Father, for your word and the reading of your word. We give you the praise, glory, and honor. 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, the elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. We're going to stop right there. Peter means rock. He was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. Peter and his brother, Andrew, they were fishermen when they were called by God. Jesus renamed him, gave him a new name because his name was Simon. From Simon to Peter, rock, little rock, little R, right? It says Peter went from rock, little rock, to an apostle, a sent one. Say an apostle, a sent one, a messenger, a worker of miracles. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Christ is the anointed one. Christ is not his last name. It's, it means anointed one. Jesus Christ. Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. Jesus Christ. Jehovah is salvation, the anointed one. Say, the anointed one lives on the inside of me. Oh, thank you that the anointed one, Jesus Christ, the spirit of, of God, lives on the inside of me. Therefore, because of that, I am anointed of God. Verse 2 says, the elect. The elect. You are God's elect. God has not forgotten you, but he has chosen you and he has destined you. Every one of you, chosen and destined by God because you are the elect, the chosen of God. Peter was chosen. He says, the elect, according to the foreknowledge. Say foreknowledge. Okay, foreknowledge is to know ahead of time, right? Romans 8, 29. You can turn there if you like. Romans 8, 29. Those that God foreknew. This is what the word of the Lord says in, in, in Romans 8, 29. God foreknew. Those that he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. To be conformed to the image of his son. Say, I've been destined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. That's who I resemble. That's who you resemble. The elect of God. You are the elect of God. Peter, the elect of God, according to the foreknowledge, God already foreknew. His knowledge is infinite. I believe that God has said and spoken to me that as we study the word of God, fiery, knowledgeable disciples are being built up. They're being made. They're being made. You're being made. You have the spirit of God within you but you're literally being made in his image as you take the word and study it and show yourself approved. We live in a day and hour where there is a lot of corruption spoken from the pulpit. And I'm not going to get into that at this moment in time, but there's a lot 
And it's beyond being unfortunate. It's sickening. It's sickening. I mean, it really is. If some of the things that you hear and see and read, and you have congregations of people that just tolerate and accept it because people want to be entertained instead of literally calling, being, being called to holiness, being called to walk rightly before God. So we need to know that the word of God that has already been put on the inside of us because it is the spirit of God, that that word, we need to know it like the back of our hand because we will not fall prey to the deception of the enemy. We're not going to fall prey and, and listen to the lies and the liar and the deceit and think you're going to be taken captive to do his will. Because the enemy has a will for you too, just as the Lord has a, has a will for you. So he says the elect, again, verse 2, the elect, that means favored. That means chosen, favored and chosen. In Ephesians 1, 4, it says chosen. God chose us before the foundation of the world. Amen. The elect means chosen, favored. Again, we, we are in 1 Peter, verse, chapter 1, I mean, and verse 2 says the elect. I am focusing on this word elect right now because I want you to know the power behind this one little word elect you are the elect of God because God already knew you now he knew that you were going to receive him say God gives us free will he doesn't force anybody to choose him it is a choice but God knew your choice he knew what your choice was going to be before the foundation of the world. This scripture is in Ephesians 1 and 4. Ephesians 1, 4. I'm going to have you look at it really quickly. Turn to Ephesians 1, but keep your hand on 1 Peter. Keep your hand there. Ephesians 1, 4. Just as he chose the elect, remember that we are the elect chosen, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame. Before him in love. What does it say? Before the foundation of the world, he chose us and he chose us for a purpose. He chose you for a purpose. That purpose is that you walk holy and that you walk blameless before the Lord in love. He chose you before the foundation of the world? Yes, he chose you. You were known in the mind of God. Let's quickly turn, keeping your hand at 1 Peter, but I want you to turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, say, I, I, I know the word of God, and I continue to learn it more and more and more. My sword is getting sharper by the day. Psalm 139 and verse 13, we're going to start in 13. It says, for you formed my inward parts, and you covered me in my mother's womb. In other words, he knit you together. He knits you together when you were in your mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. Skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, my eyes saw, I'm sorry, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. His eyes saw 
your substance, you, the mind of God, already knew who you were. Before, this is verse 16, if you're wondering where I'm reading from, before it says you were even formed, God already knew you. You were already known in the mind of Christ. You were not an orb flying around in the presence of God waiting to be called here to earth as some like to teach. You were not an orb, I know, crazy, but it is a teaching that is false, teaching that is out there. You were known in the mind of God, absolutely. He saw you before you were in your mother's womb, fashioned and formed you, yes, absolutely. But you were not some orb flying around saying, please send me to earth, please send me to earth, as there is a ridiculous, horrendous teaching. How important is it that we study the word of God to show ourselves approved? Very important. Yeah. So we do that. We do that here. We make this as a, pri a high priority. Let's go back to 1 Peter. See, the word doesn't lie. Chosen, the elect of God. A chosen generation, 1 Peter 2.9. Just go to chapter 2, 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That's who we are, a royal priesthood. You are chosen. I want you to tell that to yourself. God's chosen me. He chose me. He knew me before the foundation of the world. He knew me and he chose me. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. It's not just for Israel, church. His own special people. It means a peculiar people, right? But glorious and a treasured possession. It says that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Who's been called, right, out of darkness? We all have. Called out of darkness into his marvelous light so that you can show others the goodness of God. You were chosen so that you can show others the goodness of God. That's why you were chosen. One of the reasons, because you're chosen to serve him and to love him and to be his hands and feet, handmaiden of the Lord. Let's go back to 1 Peter 1. So Peter, whose name was changed from Simon to Peter, whose name means rock, whom God saw fit to call him now an apostle, a sent one of Jesus Christ. Jehovah is salvation, the anointed one, who also, by the way, lives on the inside of you. All of that, just in the very half of the very first scripture in 1 Peter 1.1, 1.1a. Are we all following? The word is rich. One half of a verse, not even a whole verse, half of a verse. How much can you glean from when you apply yourself to hearing and to learning? It says, to the pilgrims which is the chosen ones, of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia. Then it starts to list these four different places, Asia and Bithynia, the elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in sanctification of the spirit. That word spirit means pneuma, means the breath of God. It means the breath of God, the pneuma of God, in the sanctification of the spirit for obedience, church. 
for obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we love you. We thank you. And then it says grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you be multiplied. It's being multiplied. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your peace. It's being multiplied. When you go, let's, same thing. Keep, keep your hand on First Peter, but I want you to go over to Deuteronomy 7. Just go over to the Old Testament. Go to Deuteronomy and verse 7. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 6. What was already read from the New Testament is being read from the Old Testament as well. Verse 6, Deuteronomy 7, 6. For you are a holy people. Holy people to the Lord. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. You've been chosen for his purposes. A, then it says, a, for himself, a special treasure. Treasured possession. Above all the people on the face of the earth, God has chosen you, for you have chosen him. And the, in the verse, verse 7, it says, The Lord did not set his love on you, nor chose you because you were more in number than any of the people, for you were the least of all the people. And referring to the Israelites at this point in time, when this was written. But, verse 8, because the Lord loves you. Say, because, because the Lord loves me. Oh, because of his love. This portion of scripture originally spoken of for the Israelites is now spoken to those that were the Gentiles that were grafted in. Say we were grafted in. We were grafted in because the Lord was literally saying, you have rejected me. He's speaking to, those, to, the, to the Jews. You have rejected me, but I don't reject you. He, he's still coming. He's still, his love is still reaching out towards them. See, people say, oh, they're done with. It's too late. No, absolutely not. But God has also included all that would come to him. That means us. Are we all following right now? Okay, because what's done in the old and is repeated in the new, it's because God has given you new wine, new wine skin, new wine skin, right? And so he is saying, I want to pour that new wine in the new wine skin, but you have to understand who you are in Christ. This Bible is written to you, every one of you, every one of us. We're not, there's nobody excluded. Even if you try to exclude yourself, the love of God still, it's rescuing you, going forth to pull you out of the darkness if you just let him. John 15 and 16. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should bear fruit. We are appointed to bear fruit. He chose you so that you bear fruit. You, the fruit that he wants you to bear is not just the fruit that you see that is done in the in the. In the holiness of God's temple, his church, but every day, all day long. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Yes, that it should remain. That whatever, you're, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. Church, that's a, quite a promise. Whatever, if you remain in him, if you remain in his love, whatever you ask the Father, it 
shall be given to you. If you remain in him, which means you throw off every hindering, oppressive, wrong spirit, wrong voice, wrong assignment. You throw it off. You have to know. You have to discern. But you have to throw it off and stay focused to abide in the vine. If you abide in the vine, when you abide in the vine and you pray, God lavishes you with his goodness, his kindness. He lavishes you with his gifts. And he wants to pour out a blessing so great that you cannot even contain it. He wants to open up the windows of heaven so great you cannot contain it. Are, are you enough? Is it enough to have Christ in your life and that's it? If that was the case, which it isn't. But is it enough? Can you say that is enough? Because he is looking for people, a people. He's looking for a people that is very, very so sold out that they're, they'll say, Lord, you and me. And that's good enough for me. It takes a sold out bride. It takes a serious bride, but it takes the kind of bride he's looking for. You did not choose me, but I chose you. He chose us before the foundation of the world. And he chose us so that we would walk in love. He chose us so that we would walk in the inheritance of which we're about ready to read. There's an inheritance, you guys. Look at verse 3. All of that was just the first two scriptures. I want you to understand the depths of the love of God and how much he goes to such great extent to pour his truth in you, in us. Look at verse 3. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, that's extravagant, church. His abundant mercy is his extravagant mercy. According to his abundant mercy, he has begotten us again to a living hope. He, he has begotten us again. In other words, new birth. It's a new birth when you said yes to Christ. A new birth. He has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He resurrected, we resurrected, right? Reborn into a perfect inheritance, into a perfect union. The world has nothing, really, doesn't have a hold on you. But we have to shift our focus from that which, the, which, which seems so negative and so horrible and so, 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 so often wrong. We have to be able to shift our focus and say, I have an inheritance. That inheritance does not spoil. It doesn't rust. Oh, I am his cherished possession. I am the elect of God, chosen. When you renew your mind in this way, when you allow the word to renew you, there isn't any, any opportunity for the deceiver to come in. There really isn't. He's so good. He's so good. Through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus from the dead. Look at verse 4. To an inheritance. Now, not just one day, but now. To an inheritance. Incorruptible. Hey, if God said it, it makes it true. Incorruptible. See, the enemy wants to 
lie to you and tell you you're going to lose this, you're going to walk with less, you're going to have less. The only less that we're going to walk with and walk in is the less that never came from the, the throne of God in the first place that we don't want and shouldn't want and want to kick out anyways. None of us, all of you, not just less of us. Incorruptible, an inheritance. Words that are chosen in the Bible are not just kind of happenstance, but intentional, Right? It's intentional. God doesn't make mistakes. So to an inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled. What a word that is. Inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away. What are we talking about? What is she talking about? Let's read it again in case you missed it. Verse 3. Back up to verse 3. Blessed. Be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, he has begotten you. You are born anew. Begotten, the begotten of so-and-so, the begotten of so-and-so. In the genealogies, the father of, the father of this person, the father of that person. Born anew. You're born anew of the Spirit. He has begotten you. It's a gift. And then he goes on, he says, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead because of Christ. This is why. Because of Christ. Because he rose from the grave, from the dead. To an inheritance. It's unto the inheritance that is. Here's your inheritance. He's going to describe it for you. It's incorruptible. It's undefiled. And it does not fade away. It is this inheritance is incorruptible, undefiled, and it does not fade away. It says it is reserved in heaven for you. This is where our sight needs to be kept. It says who are kept by the power of God through faith. You are kept by the power of God, not your own strength. Through faith. Faith in him. So in the world that we live in, we have to understand fully, 100%, we get to walk in the riches of Christ. Oh, yes, some of this is talking about heaven and that day and the glorious, spotless, incredible inheritance. But we know, he says, surely goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. You know that, he says, you will dwell in the land of the living here now, now. Say it's now. It's not just for someday, it's for now. God's promises are yes and amen to his children, to all of us and his children's children. That's right. Yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. So the Lord has told me that we're going to be studying, not just blasting through. Because I want you to know and learn the word. And so he has told me, I want you to stop for a moment here, put a pause First Peter, and we're going to be in First Peter, and we're going to study it. So I do expect for you guys to write your notes down. Write them in a journal. Maybe you go home, and maybe you re-listen, and you write it that way. But I want you to literally glean, take, because God is doing something within you to literally raise you up to a whole nother, it's like another, a higher standard to whom more is given, more is expected. But God is giving you more in the way of understanding who you are. When he wrote this, this letter, 
okay? When, 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 this, when Peter wrote this, this epistle, this letter, he wrote it to help understand, to help people understand the persecution that they were under for doing right. Not persecution for doing wrong. Persecution for living holy. Let your persecution for living holy give glory unto God. I have a scripture, it's in, second, it's in the second chapter of 1 Peter. And so let's turn to 1 Peter 2 and verse 21. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving an example that you should follow his steps. For to this you were called, that you would follow after his steps. Not your neighbor's steps. Not your own steps, necessarily. You are called to walk after the steps of the Lord. His steps. He suffered, but walked right. He walked uprightly. In suffering, you will walk uprightly. Because you're going to choose rightly. Say, I'm going to choose rightly. I give it all to you, Jesus, no matter what. Oh. Now... I do need to say this because immediately whenever I say suffering, people think, oh, you mean the sickness. Okay, well, whatever the suffering might be, but just know this, God didn't give it to you, the sickness. Okay, we're promised tribulation, all of us. In this world, you shall have tribulation, right? But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I didn't just overcome a little problem. I didn't over, I didn't, he, he didn't just overcome a little situation. He overcame the whole world. And the overcomer lives in you. And he says, even though there is suffering, I want you to follow after my footsteps. We just read it. In the second chapter of 1 Peter. We're going to follow after his footsteps, aren't we? We're going to be people that know the word use the word, and are not being tossed to and fro, fro, fro with every single wind and doctrine and deception and anything that just comes by, because there are a lot that do. There are a lot. Discernment will increase because the word of God is increasing in you. And it's a good thing. Say it's a good thing. It's a mighty good thing. Oh, Lord, I thank you for your word. We're going to put a pause on 1 Peter chapter 1 right there. We're going to put a, just put a pause on that right now. We'll pick up later with this. But by the time we're done with the, with the book of 1 Peter, this epistle, your walk, mm, your, your literal, your faith, so strong in him, stronger than it is today. Do you believe that? Of course you believe that because the word does not return unto you void, right? It's powerful. So we're going to look to him, the author and perfecter of our faith. Father, I thank you for your word. It's living and it's powerful. I thank you that you call us chosen, the elect of God. I thank you, Lord God, that we, you have already prepared an inheritance for us. It's spotless, Lord God. Lord, yes, it's, it's literally spotless. It's pure, Father. It's undefiled. This is, this is how you have described it. We shall describe it as you describe it, O oh God. I thank you, Lord God, that, Father, we are strong in you. Father, our hope and our confidence is in you, Christ, 
Christ, the hope of glory in us. Yes, the anointed one in us. The anointed one in you. The anointed one in you. Anointed by God. Thank you, Father. Just as Peter served the Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one, so do we. So do we. And we have the benefit of reading forth all the scriptures. And we have that beautiful benefit, that, that understanding of being able to read from Old Testament all the way to New Testament. We, we have the Holy Spirit that empowers us day by day, moment by moment, to choose rightly, to choose wisely. We can't, we don't even take credit for that. We don't do that on our own. It's the Holy Spirit in us that enables us to choose wisely. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Yes, purify. Yes, cleanse. Yes, prune. Yes, Lord God, do whatever you need to do. But let our lives bring you glory. Let our lives produce that fruit of righteousness, the fruit that remains according to the word of the Lord. Because one day when we face Jesus, and he said, when we face the Lord, and he says, what did you do with my son Jesus? We want to hear, oh, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Well done, well done. That's our focus. That's our heart. That's our heart. Anything that displeases the Lord, God, we don't want in our lives. And we need to be able to discern what that is, especially, especially when there is an assignment that tries to come against you, that tries to come against a church.